Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for Tim with Tim. We are in Acts chapter 15 today. This is honestly one of the biggest chapters in the book of Acts, maybe in the New Testament, honestly. It's right in the center of Acts, and, and truly it is central to the, the narrative and the purpose of the book of Acts. Uh, it, it really is sort of a, a pivotal point. Uh, it's called the Jerusalem Council. This is the point at which Paul and Barnabas go back to Jerusalem to once and for all settle the question of the Gentile mission. And from this point on in the book of Acts, uh, the Jerusalem church kind of fades into the background and it's going to be all about Paul and all about the Gentile mission. Because do I need to remind you, most of the world is Gentile. <laughs> I mean, the gospel is for the Jew first, certainly, but but everybody else is the rest of the world. And so um, this Gentile mission is critical. And it's the Gentile mission that raises the question, uh, but make no mistake, in, in chapter 15, the real question is about the gospel itself, the nature uh, of the gospel itself. So, <clears throat> verse 1, Paul and Barnabas had been up in Syria at Antioch, uh, continuing to make converts, <coughs> excuse me, continuing to disciple folks. And, uh, and meanwhile, these uh, guys from Judea come up and, and begin trying to, uh, I, I don't know if they think they're helping. Uh, obviously, they disapprove of Paul and Barnabas and the gospel that they're preaching. Now, everybody involved here or, you know, is a Christian. I mean, understand that. These men from Judea, these are Jewish Christians who were coming up because they disapprove of Paul and Barnabas and the way they are making converts. Peter would be in the same situation with Cornelius. Uh, they disapprove of the fact that they're allowing Gentiles simply to become Christians without becoming Jews first. This is the question. Do Gentiles have to become Jews in order to become Christians? That, I realize that that's the central question. By becoming Jews, I mean there was a process of what was called proselytism. And, and to be a proselyte, you had to be circumcised. And then you had to agree to live by the entire Jewish law. You had to become a Jew. But Cornelius, when he came to the Holy, you know, to to Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit came upon him, you know, back when Peter witnessed to him, Peter didn't require that Cornelius become a Jew, become circumcised in his household too. None of that. Paul and Barnabas aren't doing that either. But the Judaizers, they're called. They they become Paul's primary opponents throughout his ministry. They can't stop. You know, just following after Paul and trying to make all these Gentiles, you know, uh, assume uh, the Jewish responsibility under the law, the obligation under the law. So Paul and Barnabas decide to settle this thing once and for all. And so the church at Antioch, Syrian Antioch, they send Paul and Barnabas uh, with a couple of delegates back to Jerusalem to ask the apostles, the elders, to, to settle this. I think it's interesting. Again, this is called the Jerusalem Council. It's very important. Um, uh, Jerusalem is seen as the mother church, and the authority of the original apostles, who were mostly in Jerusalem, is still recognized. And so they send the delegates there to get word from Jerusalem church. What is the gospel? Now, the question here at the Jerusalem council is really twofold. The first is very simply, and, and most importantly, how are people saved? What is the gospel? Is the gospel that a person must become a Jew and then believe in Jesus? Now, to the Jews, that makes sense. I know to you and me, it's like, what? But to the Jews, that's how salvation worked. 
They had been Jews all of their lives. And remember, Jesus was a Jew. Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. And all of the first Christians are Jews. And so they just naturally assume that Jewishness uh, is very much a part of, of being a Christian, becoming a Christian. Jesus was a Jew. And so in order to you know, uh, profess faith in the Jewish Messiah, one should be Jewish. I mean, that's just how they think. And there's a logic behind it, but it's not a gospel logic. And so that first question is, you know, how, how is one saved? That, that's critical. The second question is, is not as important, but it, it is in practical terms. How will Jews and Gentiles fellowship in the same church? They've always lived separately. You know, Jews didn't go to Gentile houses, Jews didn't eat Gentile food, and all of a sudden you have Jews and Gentiles in the same Christian churches with, with fellowship being an important part of that life together. And, and, and don't forget, table fellowship is the most important part of that. The Lord's Supper, the, you know, the communion, the way they celebrate Jesus you know, and his death is, is with a meal. And Jews and Gentiles don't eat together. And so it's very, very critical to settle these questions. And so Paul and Barnabas and the church at Antioch, they take it straight to Jerusalem. And so that's what happens at the Jerusalem Council, Acts chapter 15. Uh, Paul and Barnabas, they, they speak first, and they just simply give their missionary report. They talk about, uh, because they've been there, they've seen Gentile converts. They just talk about how uh, the, the Gentiles are coming to faith in Jesus and, and that God has accepted them. Uh, and uh, immediately the, the Pharisaic believers, literally the Jewish believers who were Pharisees, former Pharisees, um, they stand up and they, they raise their objection. These people have to be circumcised. And so the debate begins from there. Uh, Peter stands up. Uh, Peter stands up and tells a story of his experience with Cornelius. And I love Peter. You know, every time Peter preaches down, I love it. Notice what Peter says. Uh, that God knows people's hearts and he confirmed that he accepts them as they are by giving them the Holy Spirit just like he did to us. So Peter is saying if God accepts them as they are, then we have to accept them as they are. We all got the same Holy Spirit. Uh, you can't argue with that. Peter goes on to express the, in the clearest language possible the gospel itself. We believe, verse 11, underline this, we believe that we are all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of our Lord Jesus I mean, it doesn't get any more complicated than that, so don't complicate it. You don't get to add to the gospel, and that's the gospel. We are all saved the same way through faith, uh, undeserved grace in, in the Lord Jesus. That's it. It's not faith in Jesus plus you know, circumcision in the Jewish law. It's not faith in Jesus plus also church attendance. You know, in our day and age, I hear, you know, dummies all the time saying things like, well, you know, you can't be a Christian and vote Democrat. You can't be a Christian and vote for Trump. I mean, you know, okay, anybody says you can't be a Christian and blank, you know, you probably ought to just realize that somebody's about to probably distort the gospel. You know, uh, I mean, the gospel is simple. It's a decision about Jesus. It's not a decision about anything else. It's a decision about Jesus. It's a commitment to Jesus. You understand? And so this is what happens at the Jerusalem Council. Finally, James stood. Remember, James, son of Zebedee, has been killed. This is James, uh, the brother of Jesus, the author of the book of James. James stands. He's the leader of the Jerusalem church. And James, you know, thank God for him, goes right back and quotes Scripture, the Old Testament. And he uh, just helps the people understand that this is biblical. It's biblical. And, uh, and so... 
he goes on to say, I think we shouldn't make it difficult for Gentiles who are turning to Jesus. You know, oh my goodness. Can we just write that over the door of every church in America? Let's not make it hard for people to come to Jesus. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, most of people in our neighborhoods, they would love to come to Jesus. It's the, it's the rest of us who know Jesus that turn them off, you know. Uh, they love Christ. They just can't deal with Christians. I mean, we have messed this up so royally. The world is rejecting us. They don't even know Jesus. You know, we make it so hard for people just to come to Jesus. We make it so hard. We insist that they become like us in order to be like Jesus, and that's absurd. You know, we fight over music. You know, we make ourselves a reputation for being racist and, you know, anti-homosexual and anti-everything. I mean, the world knows everything we're against. They don't know anything that we're for because all we do is run our mouths about all the things in the world that we hate. You know, we have forgotten to tell people about Jesus. I mean, James has said, as far as I can see, he says, my judgment is just don't make it difficult for people who just are trying to turn to Jesus. Let's not make it hard, people. We make it hard because people have to deal with us in order to come to Jesus. And we need to get ourselves out of the way. It's just what happens at the Jerusalem Council. So notice there are four things in the end that they ask for. Now, these are not things added to the gospel. Remember, I said there are two questions here. What is the gospel? How are people saved? But then the second question is, how will Jews and Gentiles fellowship together? How are they going to eat together? And so this is those, these four things that, 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 in the end, that they say, it'd be good if you could avoid these. Not saying it's a sin. Not saying if you don't do this, you can't be Christian. No, 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 that's not the language. Listen, it'd be good if you would do this. It'd be good if you'd stay away from four things. Again, this isn't a matter of salvation. This is just a matter of fellowship with Jews. So they say, would you please, you know, uh, avoid uh, food offered to idols. In the Roman Empire, in the ancient world, outside of Jerusalem, you couldn't really buy meat that hadn't been offered to idols. Some people said, well, who cares? We don't worship idols. You know, it's, it's, everybody likes a good steak, right? But, uh, but no, the Jews were very, very... Uh, um, uh, I mean, just against and uh, had very strong convictions about uh, about these things, about idolatry, obviously. Um, so uh, meat offered to idols, sexual immorality, that's not really just a moral question there. For the Jews, sexual immorality was also a, a, a ritualistic, a matter of purity. And so sexual immorality, anything, any meat that had been strangled, the, the second part here is about blood. The Jews really had, you know, this hang-up, a, a, a spiritual hang-up about consuming blood. And, and, and so no blood of any kind, you know, uh, animals that had been slaughtered uh, improperly by, by kosher standards. Again, this is a matter of who can we eat with. And, and, and so, the, you know, three of these have to do with food. You know, who, who can we eat with? It's a question of fellowship, not a question of salvation. And Paul will continue to confront these issues all throughout the Gentile mission, which is everything that follows. Uh, from this point, as I said, Jerusalem Church fades into the background and the book of Acts becomes completely consumed with the Gentile mission. Pay close attention that uh, when they send this letter back to Antioch uh, and then through the Gentile you know, world from there, uh, notice that they send along delegates from the Jerusalem church now, and those two are Judas and Silas. 
Pay attention to that name because it's going to come up importantly tomorrow and then throughout the book of Acts and Paul's ministry. Yes, it's that Silas. He has connections to the Jerusalem church. He's one of their delegates. And so when Silas goes out with Paul in the Gentile mission, it gives credibility. It continues to give this sense that, oh yeah, the Jerusalem church must be behind this because they have supplied personnel. Silas is going to join the Gentile mission from the Jerusalem church. And I think that's the coolest thing ever. Uh, so there you go. Very, very important moment in church history, uh, literally, and, and in all of the history of Christian missions, because it's at the Jerusalem Council when the nature of the essential gospel is confirmed. It is salvation in the grace and name of Jesus and nothing else. Jesus and Jesus alone brings us our salvation. I love it. I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, for Tim with Tim. We're going to deal with the last part of chapter 15 because it's important. It's the, it's the parting of ways between Paul and Barnabas. And we'll talk about that. Just a few verses tomorrow. Acts chapter 15, verses 36 to 41. 36 to 41, just a handful of verses. And I'll see you then. I love you so much. Thank you for being a part of the book of Acts and Tim with Tim with me. Thanks for being a part of my time in the Word. Wasn't that good? I mean, I love Acts 15. Very, very important. Um, and what follows tomorrow is really interesting. I'll see you then, all right? 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. I love you guys. Have a good day.